Before sunrise, Burn Dairy and Deli is preparing to fuel your day with hot coffee, donuts, muffins, breakfast sandwiches, and other morning staples. For lunch, grab a giant deli sandwich made the way you like it. Pizza, wings, wraps, or a fresh salad. Plus, something to wash it down. Then pick up dinner or a sweet treat and other pantry essentials. Now you can get your Burn Dairy and Deli favorites delivered with DoorDash. All day, every day, you can count on Burn Dairy and Deli. It's all good. Hi, this is Cal Ripken Jr., and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. And away we go with another episode of the ML Sports Platter all over the major platforms like Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, and Deezer. Make sure that you download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. We are brought to you by Stanley Law Offices, Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual, New York State, Elevate Fitness of Syracuse, and of course, your State Farm agent, Matt Graham, in and around the great state of New York. Make sure that you do get a free rate quote today from Matt Graham, SyracuseInsuranceAgent.com. That's SyracuseInsuranceAgent.com. I do want to mention, by the way, that this podcast uh, has changed uh, hosting platforms, and I could not be more ecstatic to be a part of the number one podcast network for professionals. It's the Believe Podcast Network. It's the number one podcast network for professionals. You can subscribe um, today to all of their shows. They have a ton of different shows uh, with a bunch of talented, terrific hosts uh, who, who really do right covering uh, the world of sports, um, you know, specific teams, specific topics, you name it, um, covering many, many sports. And my buddy, Mike McAllister, is one of those hosts. Uh, he talks on the Believe uh, Podcast Network uh, covering Syracuse football, Believe in Syracuse football. So uh, make sure that you do download my show and then all the other shows as well. I'm super, super happy to be uh, uh, partnering up with this group and uh, wanted to thank just everybody in in general. I mean, Nick and Joe and, um, you know, the entire gang uh, at Believe. They've just been absolutely, uh, positively uh, the best group uh, to jump on with and uh, can't thank them uh, enough. Uh, Again, Nick, Joe, Josh, Alex, Carter, uh, really appreciate everything that uh, uh, they've done to get me up and running. So with that, Let's bring in the St. Bonaventure men's basketball beat reporter for the Olean Times-Herald. It's my buddy, J.P. Butler. J.P., welcome. The Bonnies, man, they had a scare against Canisius, but somehow moved up in the polls one spot. So let's break down the first couple of games of the season as we enter a very, very, very crucial uh, non-conference big-time tournament uh, in Charleston with that classic uh, JP. Welcome aboard here. Let's talk some Bonnet basketball. I say this all the time. I, I open with this, but uh, it's one of my favorite pastimes being on with you talking Bonnet basketball. I wish we could uh, do it every day. Well, I do too, and I'll tell you what, it's nothing says Bonnet basketball like a little winter weather, huh? <laughs> I mean, you look out the window, it's snowing as we speak, and, you know, I don't think it's a coincidence when, when, when Bonnet basketball season starts. The snow hits, the two coincide, as we know, and that's what we're seeing right now. Yeah, no doubt about it. So two games in, obviously, the second game <laughs> really didn't go as planned. Uh, it took St. Bonnie quite a while to 
get into the mode um, of, of a top 25 team. Um, is there cause from concern off the Canisius game, or is it just kind of a, well, this is how it is. It's a rivalry game, and they slugged one out. They got to be better, though, in that first half, man. They cannot keep sleepwalking like this. They they do, and you know the whole thing is yes, it's a it's a rivalry game, and you know those Canisius teams have always given Bonner a little bit of a of a push. Reggie Witherspoon won in the Riley Center in his first season as coach in sixteen seventeen, so there is absolutely an element of that. But you know for Bonner, it's you're the number twenty three now, number twenty two as of the AP poll that came out just an hour ago team in the country and you are going to be held to a little bit of a higher standard and so for people to sort of be a little on edge and panicky <laughs> a little bit there's i described it as sort of a silent panic in the riley center yesterday when you know bon is down 11 to canisius the team that was picked to finish last in the mac with 15 minutes to go that that is you know a little bit of a of an actual cause for concern um, now, I would say, you know, for 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 Bana, it's you know, it's certainly no time to to really, truly worry. This is a team that just historically with these guys has been a little bit of a slow starter. We saw it, uh, you know, two years ago when they were sophomores. Uh, granted, injuries played a, a, a part there. They got off to that one and four start. They're a team that takes a little while to start heating up from the shooting standpoint we're, we're sort of starting to see that again but we know that they you know historically just sort of get better you know as they go they start to find that rhythm a little bit find that shooting touch i mean it's like clockwork they were two for 15 from three again yesterday welch you know has gotten off to a slow start and then as time goes they start to become a better shooting team they start to uh, collectively uh, just start feeding off of one another getting a little better and I, I, I have to think that's probably how it's ultimately going to go. Oshun Oshunini, obviously such a huge part of what this team does. Difference maker down low, blocking shots, the defense, terrific. And, and offensively, obviously, you can go to him in the post and everything changes. I mean, he could get doubled down, you kick out for open shots, he can beat most one-on-one because he's that good. But he's also banged up here. How concerning is the injury to Oshun? It's a good question. Um, you know, it's tough uh, when you're talking to Bonner and Coach Schmidt to get to ever get a straight answer as far as the injury <laughs> side of it goes. They play things close to the best. He always goes to his uh, uh, I'm just the coach, I'm not the trainer line. Um, I, I mean, I do think it's, it is sort of more of a nagging thing than this, like, uh, you know, serious injury that needs to be corrected through surgery or anything like that. And, you know, it's, 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 it's a lower back thing. We know, you know, that, that comes and goes, it's unpredictable. Um, and it, and it can be painful. And I think that's sort of what we saw yesterday. Oshun tried to give it a go. We saw he was, he was ineffective. He played 13 minutes. He had to come out and, and sit the rest of the game. And that, it certainly does change things. I mean, I've always said with Oshun, he's a guy that could go scoreless and still have the biggest impact on a game with anybody on the floor just Big from time. what he does yep. from a defensive standpoint. And we saw not that Canisius was really lighting it up, but it was so glaring to me 
in the second half when they were still sort of making their their little run there to go up double digits where Canisius had an easier path to the basket than it ever would have if he was on the floor and the number of second chance opportunities. Canisius finished that game with 15 offensive rebounds. That absolutely does not happen if Oshun's in the game. They probably curb that a lot sooner and and you know they're they're that's a tie game or, or they're in the lead you know early in the second half as opposed to you know where they where they were down the stretch so they they need him he may not still as a senior now ever be a guy that finishes offensively with great regularity and is like a 16 points a game score he's just probably not going to be that but the impact the presence he has defensively to mask some of those deficiencies to block shots to to rebound the way he does um you just you just hope that it isn't a serious and i don't it is sort of a touch and go thing i'm sure he's in treatment now he'll be limited over these next couple of days and then you just hope that by charleston when the competition you know starts to tick up here that he's ready to go and it just it doesn't linger for 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 too long because they they absolutely need him you know this tournament is is fantastic. I mean, to have the names that are in it and to have Bonnet included, uh, it's just such a huge thing, don't you think? JP, high profile for the program. You're you're ranked. You know, the first game's Thursday, two o'clock on ESPN two. I mean, it, this is like this is a huge part of where we're at right now with. Bonaventure basketball in the top 20, like what world are we living in? Like, how, you know, this, this, this Mark Schmidt golden era of Bonnet hoops, this just adds another layer to it. It is. And it's, it's to me, it's one of the biggest indications yet as to sort of just how far yes. they've come in terms of how they're perceived on the outside. Mm-hmm. We knew they've been, you know, they've been getting better all along, but it's, it's this kind of thing. I mean, the, the, the you know, coach and the players, they were just even talking about it yesterday. 10 years ago, they wouldn't have dreamed no of chance. Yep. ever getting invited yep. to something like this. And now they've become sort of a sought after team. They're, they're, they're a team that people want in these tournaments because they bring some exposure. Obviously, they're going to bring the, the actual fan base down there. I mean, everybody I know is is going to this thing in Charleston. Taking well, I'm not, so that's not true. Um, and, 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 and to be going in as a ranked team to be going in with sort of their national standing still intact, you know, after being able to escape last night. I mean, all of it is is being ranked, being in something of this magnitude, playing on ESPN. They, they have more of those A-10 Friday night ESPN games. That's like the A-10's Monday night football. Mm -hmm. They have more of those than any other team in the league. It's, it's, it's just crazy to, to see how far and just that they've become the, the the team that everybody wants to see sort of the darling of the league in that regard and so it'll be it'll be you know great for them to to participate and have the opportunity to to, to rack up some some needed you know and nice non-conference wins it'd be incredible uh to maybe watch this team in a championship game against bob huggins on sunday night oh, in west virginia yeah. i think that's maybe the ultimate goal for fans here yeah. but just the just the visibility anymore is just incredible from where they came from a decade ago do, do you think that 
you know, th- this group obviously is is so like a you and I together, by the way, have to come up with a new term to replace mid-major that people know that because I hate using mid-major with the, the success that mid to small programs in the country have. I know you hate it, too, but we use it because it's what everybody can kind of relate to. So we'll use it here. Mid-major. The Bana program right now with this group of, of veterans, you know, Welch and Oshun and Lofton and Holmes and, you know, Attaway and right. even some of the transfers in and some of the guys who have played college basketball, even Akula Bali, I mean, he's a little bit older. He played at Pittsburgh. Adams played at Wake. What I'm getting at, though, is that this group is so reminiscent and so uh, uh, prototypical of what mid-major programs go through in the sense that you build for like a year, two, sometimes three. Now, Bonham made the tournament last year, you know, and you put all those eggs into a basket, all the eggs into a recruiting class or two, and then you hope to have really one just strike it year. If you're lucky, you get two. What happens after this group? I know we have a long way to go this season, and and I'm all in on it. Uh, I'm on, you know me. I'm I'm ready to go this year. I I, I concentrate sure. a lot in the here and now. But I'm wondering, like with these 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 events, these tournaments, the building blocks, the you know getting in front of people's eyeballs and in the faces and all the rest. Like the this has to help in the future. So, do you think they're going to be okay after this group because they're doing all these national things while they're ranked? Well, that, you know, so I'll hit on a couple of different things here. One, yes, I, I, I do think that there at this point there probably has to be another name for it rather than mid-major. I mean, to me, you're you're talking about a conference. Um, now, now let's let's not even focus it on just on Bana, but the conference a, a, as a whole that's traditionally been like the sixth or seventh or eighth best conference out of like. 32 in the country. Mm. It's been a multi-fid league. It's been a league that's had some NCAA tournament success with the Dayton's and VCU's. It's had some NBA draft picks, guys that are in the league now. Obi Toppin, you know, was a lottery pick two years ago. So that's not a mid-major to me. (laughs) A mid-major is like uh, a mid-American conference that has been like traditionally a one big that you need to win that league to make the NCAA tournament. That's not true in the A-10. And so, you know, maybe they're not a high major in terms of the football side of it, as you well know, but there has to be, you know, another name for, uh, you know, these conferences and an individual program like Bonham. I mean, how are you mid-majoring in the number 22 team in the country? You know, Gonzaga isn't viewed as a mid-major anymore. And I'm not saying that Bonham is, is at that level or is going to have the long-ranging reputation and crazy success that a Gonzaga has had. But to answer the second part of your question, that's, you know, Schmidt and, and you know, has gotten this program to where it's on solid footing, sort of regardless of who is playing right now i mean and so yes there's the the highest expectations in 50 years for this particular group this season but we've seen just in the last five years that uh you know they made the NCAA tournament three years ago that was supposed to be the the, that was supposed to be the once in a lifetime thing three years ago with jalen adams they won a school record 26 games they beat ucla in the NCAA tournament that was supposed to be something that we wouldn't see again for the long, 
you know, for a long time. And here they are two years, three years later, they make the NCAA tournament. And then the following year, they have their highest expectations in 50 years. So I, I'm not ready to, to say that there's necessarily a ceiling on this because they've gotten it to a point where um, they're, they're winning, there's exposure, they're, they're obviously recruiting, you know, at a much higher level now there's a standard there, you know, sort of regardless of, 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 of who's coming in and out anymore. I, I never thought they would maybe get to that standard in the current sort of uh, nature of college basketball, but they have. And so after these guys, you know, I'm not saying that, no, they're just going to be, you know, amazing and, and, you know, an NCAA tournament team again next year. But if, you know, you sort of have at least the template here with um, Adams, you know, from, from Wade coming back, Akula Bali coming back. Um, we'll see what a Linton Brown, you know, the Juco All-America can, can end up bringing this season. Um, they'll sort of uh, get their feet wet by their time. And then, you know, even next year, it's like, okay, you kind of start loading up again and you've got a lineup that already looks pretty good on paper with those bench guys coming back and some of the recruits they're bringing in. They got another Putnam guy, Barry Evans coming in next year where, you know, maybe not five seed in the NCAA tournament good every year, but it's clearly just overall at a, at a higher level. And I suspect for as long as Schmidt's there, it'll, it'll stay there. I'll tell you what the a 10 so far this year has had a horrendous time of it. I mean, that's another reason why it was so important for Bonna to win because they're the they're the top team in 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 the A ten. I mean, on Saturday, JP, I know you saw these results. UMass Lowell beat Dayton, Wagner yeah. beat VCU, Hofstra beat Duquesne, San Francisco beat Davidson. I mean, holy hell. I mean the A ten is off to a just a horrific start here. No, it is, and it's funny, you know, because I just said all those nice things about the league and how it's not a one big league, and all, you know, that's and that's been true, but you know, yes, at the same time, the A ten has gotten off to a, a, a bad start, you know, for the last couple of years now, it's sort of been, um, you know, there there was a little bit of a of a down slide just in terms of the overall caliber. I mean, you still had your Bonas and. St. Louis's and VCU's at the top. Um, but but it's almost like the league itself is going through a little bit of a, re- of a rebuilding. And then, um, you know, it was better last year. And I don't think we, even last year, we saw the full scope of how good the conference would have been. If, if, if they had been able to play an actual full-length season, I think we would have seen teams like St. Louis, who had to go on a huge pause in Richmond, uh, have better seasons and maybe make the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, could have been could have been even a four bid league last year. Uh, and, and then going into this year, it, it wasn't so much like I thought they were going to take a, a step back, but there was certainly the possibility that it was going to be a very transitional year. There's a handful of coaches now who are in like their first, second, or third year who are still really trying to. Um, you know, sort of turn their programs around, put their their mark still on, on, on some of these teams. And then there were a lot of graduation losses. Um, and, and there were some injuries, 
you know, VCU has has two starters down right now to start the year. Peyton sort of is um, totally transitioning um, now with uh, uh, what's the coach who's been there for a couple of years now. Um, and St. Louis, I mean, they lost a guy who might have been considered the A-10 preseason player of the year in Javante Perkins. So Anthony Grant together. Anthony Anthony Grant. Anthony Grant. Yeah, I couldn't think of yep. think of. Him. I was they trying to. had that loaded team. Yes. Yes. last year. Yes. Um, they sort of you know took a step back after losing those guys, and now this year they're clearly trying to go in a different direction, reloading in sort of a different way, and 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 so all of those things might just take a little bit of time to come. They may take a season. So this year, yes, unfortunately. You know, it might be kind of a down overall year for the league. It'd be interesting to see how much competition Bonna even really gets at the time. I mean, even at Richmond, the R- Richmond was the one other team I thought, okay, they're they're going to be in the hunt here for sure. They've got five starters back, just right. like Bonna does. And then they go and lose to sort of an average Utah State team. Um, and so, you know, it might be a bit of a down year. And, yes, that's something that um, – will hurt Bana from a caliber uh, of win standpoint, but it, it shouldn't stop them or, or prevent getting away of them, you know, still being able to, you know, do what you did last year, win the regular season, win the tournament, you know, not even have to worry about sort of what the caliber of those wins are. Um, and, and that's, you know, that might be the position they, they find themselves in this year. J.P. Butler, our guest on the ML Sports Platter here, part of the Believe Podcast Network. And, of course, J.P. is the Bonaventure men's basketball beat writer for the Olean Times Herald. Get him on Twitter at J.P. Butler, the number 10. I just have a couple more for you, J.P. I'll let you run. Um, One of those is very simply this. Uh, How, where do you see Bonaventure's greatest strength right now and where's their greatest weakness? Uh, I mean, their greatest strength, I still think, is just just defensively, um, you know, because they 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 can be a hit or miss team on offense. They can be inconsistent at, at times offensively, have those cold nights, and so they they've this this group in particular has hung its hat on defense, and I suspect it'll be the same again this year. Not that you can glean too much from uh, just sort of, I guess, the competition of these first two games, but they ended up really you know, being able to tighten up defensively in both. They were among the best in the country last year in several of those Ken Palm metrics and things of that nature. Uh, and as long as this group's together and, you know, with a healthy Oshun in the middle, I, 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 I see it being the same thing this year. They, they'll, they'll have their nights where, um, you know, they shine offensively and every one of those guys will have sort of their night in the sun you know, as we talk about, but the consistent part of it is, uh, is always going to be, I think, defensively. And so, you know, and then I guess the weakness is also what, you know, I just kind of talked about. There is still just, and, and even last year, you know, at times we saw, you look at that, that BCU game last year, they have, you know, that terrible first half and they're down 15 at halftime and then they roar back with one of the best second halves, you know, in Schmidt's entire time here. 
and end up completely flipping the scripts and just dominating VCU and winning that game, uh, which is great and everything. But there's the whole underlying part of it that this team at times struggles with putting a full 40 minutes together. And we've already seen that in these first two games. They're down double digits. Um, you know, Siena was the first half. They got it together pretty quickly. They were fine. But to be down 11 with 15 minutes to go against Canisius, you know, not, not, not a great sign. And certainly not something that's going to fly if they're going, going to be playing a, BC, a Boise State, a Clemson, and a West Virginia this weekend. You need to play at 40 minutes. You can't just get punched in the mouth, as they talk about first, and then, you know, have to expend all your energy, you know, getting back into it and trying to win the game. They need to be the ones more often, especially as a nationally ranked team now, to do the punching in the mouth first. And that's that's something that we need to start seeing, you know, as early as like Thursday. All right, final one for you. I, I know there's there are a lot of circumstances as you build a resume during the regular season in terms of how you get into the NCAA tournament. We know the challenges that Bonaventure faces on a year-to-year basis, much like a lot of other small programs and mid-major programs, or whatever the heck the case may be, however you label it. Do you have a magic number in mind with, okay, got to go out of conference with this mark, got to hit the A-10 now with it being down and weak, got to win this many games in the A-10. Do they need to run the table at home in the A-10? How many upsets are they allowed? You know, again, there's a lot of other things going on out there. Months down the line, we're going to have automatic bids and all that. I get that. But for who Bonaventure is, where they're at in the rankings, the schedule they play, the Vatek, the Yukons, the Boise State, I mean, they're playing a really, really solid non-con here. What, yeah. Do you have any marks that Bonaventure needs to hit in order to improve either A, getting in, or B, getting an even better seed? Because I think this is the year that many Bonaventure fans and alumni want to see that one win in the tournament at least. Yeah, I mean, I, I would think that, if ever there was a year where I'm not saying it's a foregone conclusion that they're going to be in, but they're nationally ranked now. And if they could just sort of stay at that level for the duration, that's a team, even with some of the nail biting that goes on, you know, with, again, some of these quote unquote mid majors, I would think that's a team that that would sort of comfortably be in at, at the end. And so, You know, this year, at least you have that just sort of, okay, as of right now, you're just sort of a default team that's in. You just try to have to kind of maintain that throughout the year. But in in terms of specifics, now we could look at three years ago when they made it as an at-large as maybe a little bit of of a template, but even that is difficult because even that team almost didn't get in. I mean, they were, yeah. they were in the playing game. Um, but just sort of as a general, you know, look at it. I mean, they, I think that team went, uh, what was it, 11-2 and two in the non-conference, 10-3. Uh, and three, and they had wins over Syracuse, Maryland, a really good Vermont team. And so, you know, you kind of have to have the same thing. I'm not saying they're going to win every, you know, they may not beat Clemson, West Virginia, UConn, and Virginia Tech, but you got to win some of those games, right? Um, you know, I don't know what that 
number would end up if you if you beat both Virginia Tech and UConn on a neutral floor and you know maybe lose to to, to Clemson uh, in round two you know win your consolation game on some some you know or the other way around maybe maybe beat West Virginia win the Charleston Classic and lose to UConn some combination of that but you got to get those you got to have those non-conference. I mean, we saw it three years ago. The only reason they got in is because they beat Syracuse and they had those those wins on their resume. And yeah. then an A-10 play, you know, that team went uh, the two years, they, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18, that they sort of should have been in in both. They went 14 and four in A-10 play both years. Now, you know, this year with how down the league may be, I don't know if 14 and four would necessarily get it done. But honestly, at this point, I'm having a tough time finding even four losses that would necessarily, you know, happen. So um, I don't know if there's a if there's a set number. Um, to me, this is a team that has absolutely the potential to go something like you know 25 and five in a regular season. Maybe you're allowed. A, you're allowed to slip up somewhere in there again, comparing it to three years ago, that team lost at home to Niagara and made the NCAA tournament. So I do think that if there, if there was to be a slip up or say they even lost yesterday, that that wouldn't have been the absolute 100% end of the world because there's still a lot of opportunities and a lot to play for. And, you know, the other, element is now again if we're saying they're they're already sort of going to be in you know the the goal then at that point is to try to get a higher seat you know to not be a 10 11 or 12 but to maybe be a five or a six and so you know that's what's on the table for them but even even if that doesn't come all the way to fruition um you know they're, they're absolutely the favorite here until until otherwise to just win the conference tournament and be in that way. JP I mean, Butler, just, you know. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. And I think at home in the A10, I think it's probably pretty important. I mean, I'm looking at what nine home games. I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at nine and oh. I mean, I really am. I you know, go win out at the RC in the A10 as a part of it. I think I think that would uh, that would go a long and way having, as well. Having the boost from you know having live crowds, I think, yep. is something that certainly yep. makes that goal yeah. attainable. They always talk all the time about hey, you need to win your home games, mm-hmm. steal some on the road. That that's all, you know, on the the the, the table, you know, for them, and it, it's absolutely set up to to check all of these boxes to win a couple of these non-conference games to maybe roll through the A10 at thirteen and three. You know, maybe you, you end up losing two or three in conference. You're, you're 25 and six, 24 and six going into the A10 tournament. You're and you're fine at that point, and that that needs to be the goal. They need to start playing a little more consistently to get there. JP Butler does a great job covering the St. Bonaventure men's basketball team for the Olean Times Herald. JP, thank you, bud. Mike, always a pleasure. I could go on and on and on. You know that. So uh, we'll we'll save the next. Uh, hours worth of stuff I have right now for for the next time you want to have me on. Well, Sports Platter is, of course, brought to you by our great friends at Stanley Law Offices. Together, they'll work to get you the maximum award. Big thanks as well to Liverpool Physical Therapy, Barks and Rack Doggy Daycare, and our friend Heather Saxon. If you're in and around central New York, the greater New York State area, listen, Heather can help you out. Buying and selling homes is a nightmare, right? Time-consuming, stressful, 
she can help. And she makes home more than just a place. She makes it a feeling. Call her today, 315-727-3313. That's 315-727-3313. Heather at Hunt on Facebook. That's Heather at Hunt on Facebook. She is a licensed real estate salesperson. Heather Saxon with Hunt Real Estate, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. Big time, big time thanks to J.P. Butler again, the Bonaventure men's basketball beat man from the Olean Times Herald. I'm Mike Lindsley. Hit me on Twitter, at Mike L Sports. And as I always tell you, enjoy the games. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.